You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So last summer, I went down to Portland, hung out for a night, spent a couple of days there, just seeing what was going on in downtown. My son and I, I mean, father-son bonding time, who doesn't want that at a peaceful protest where you get tear gassed? Yep. Uh, you can find that uh, video here on uh, on YouTube. For those of you on the audio podcast, you might check it out. It's something called like, I got tear gassed in Portland. It was immediately demonetized and YouTube didn't want to push it out because it's not content that the mainstream media likes to see, which is getting tear gassed, really not that big of a deal. Plus it had to do with conflict and, um, you know, we don't want to have a close up view of what the peaceful protesters are doing, which isn't so peaceful. It's violent. That video showed that. And uh, YouTube, oh, we don't, we, we don't want to show this kind of thing. This is, this is not within our, um, our guidelines. Don't want to have objective reporting on the streets of the peaceful protest. Cause man, they don't, they, they don't look that peaceful. What's the deal? What's this guy doing? So I went down with my kid last year and we've, we videoed that. It got a little sketchy. I, I went down there to do a live stream and you, the live stream is up. I've left that live stream up because after about 10 minutes of live streaming in Portland, I felt so uncomfortable with all the eyeballs on me with the, the folks down there all dressed in black. They are Seattle is you know, down in the bottom, it's in the middle, upper, probably upper middle of protesting. Um, if you were to make a professional team out of uh, Seattle's protesting, they'd be at, you know, a triple A ball club, Portland, oh, next level all stars, next level all stars. And so I got down there and started doing a live stream. And I, I capped that live stream after I don't know, you can see it here on the YouTube channel, you can see it in the live streams. Um, like 15 minutes, I'm like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable filming this anymore. I got to go. And that's, I'm going to be talking about downtown Portland parks at center of racial justice protests to undergo a $150,000 restoration. They need help. Their parks are ripped apart because of this kind of stuff. And I went down there and um, it was, it was intimidating to live stream there because they're all, they're professional protesters, no jobs. They've got all the support there. They've, they've even got their own uh, ambulance, their own like used ambulance that they fit to, to make into a real ambulance. And people are running around with milk and, oh, did, did you get some tear gas in your eyes? Because we'll put some milk in that. You're just ridiculous man up. And you can see what happened to me as I got tear gassed. And um, it just wasn't that big of a deal. And yet people are like, ah, oh, my menstrual cycle is changing because of the amount of tear gas. That's literally a story last summer in Portland. Now, if you were an inmate in one of the jail, jail cells, that would be rough having tear gas just waft into your jail cell through the uh, ventilation system because, you know, the jail system is right there, right where all the peaceful protesting is going on. So if you want to check out, you know, I'm going to talk about some of my experiences down in Portland today because that's what we're talking about. If you want to check that out, you can certainly do that here on the YouTube channel. It's something called, um, I got tear gassed, you know, I mean, just head on straight, just call it what it is. Yeah, I got tear gassed. And it wasn't that bad. And um, if you're a little ninny, um, you, yeah, you're going to be impacted by the tear gas. If you're a real man, you're going to be able to take it. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's kind of bad. That's annoying to the eyes. 
it's not that bad. Yeah, it, it'll make you, you know, feel pretty sick. But guess what? It's not enough to be all worked up about like the protesters are. All right, before we jump on in, my name is Sean Reynolds. If you're new here, I own a couple of side hustle real estate companies that are darn near startup status that have been around for years and years and years. But nobody wants an old guy running an old company. We don't look upon that favorably in 2021. You need new young people with vision and vigor, but no sense of business. That's what we want. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, a pair of prominent public squares in downtown Portland will remain shuttered for up to two months as the city seeks to restore the civic spaces damaged by political unrest and housing instability. Well, the, the damage was done by the peaceful protesters, not political unrest. There was done by a group of people who have been doing this night in and night out, let's call it what it is, and housing instability. The unhoused had nothing to do with this. They happen to live in Portland. Let's get these facts straight, right? Work has erected metallic fencing around the perimeters of Chapman and Lounsdale Squares Friday that will not come down while crews labor to spruce them up over the next six to eight weeks, officials with Portland Parks and Recreation said. I say don't do anything. You need to get through this summer, Portland. This stuff that you're spending money on is going to get destroyed the minute it's these fences are taken off. That's what's happening in Portland. The people doing the peaceful protesting slash violent rioting in Portland, let's admit it, it's violent. You can see the violence in my video where they tear down a federally erected fence. It's violent. You can see the statues that have been there for years and years and years that have been burned or torn down or destroyed. You can see the bathroom that I go into that I take some video of. I have never seen a more wrecked public restroom than that. I mean, everything was just ripped out, destroyed, human feces. I mean, it was, it was gross. They just went in there like a wrecking crew and just destroyed it. All in the name of social justice. That's what we're doing in Portland, right? Because nothing says social justice more than destroying public property other than maybe destroying private property. You take that hammer and you go bash out some windows. Nothing says revolution more than bashing out an innocent storefront window, right? I mean, that's, that's just what we're doing in 2021. Okay. So they're both pretty beat up, talking about the parks, but Randy Gragg, he's executive director of the nonprofit Portland Parks Foundation, which is not involved in the restoration effort. The last year has been really, really rough on them. When I saw them last July, I, I mean, it was, it was like, where am I? What are we doing? My son and I, my son is 25, so he's not, he's not a little kid with a lollipop in his mouth. Um, he can hold his own. And we were walking a couple of blocks away from this park area was our hotel, very nice hotel. It had some great views. It was amazing. And you'd, we'd go back to the hotel and these amazing views of the Willamette River. Um, you got Mount, um, you know, a handful of mountains, you got Mount St. Helens, and you got Mount Hood off in the distance, they're all just snow capped, and you got the Cascade Mountains, super pretty setting. And then you walk a few blocks, and you've just got this urban decay. 
in this situation where a bunch of jerk offs are just beating on the federal buildings for no apparent reason other than they are claiming social justice. They just want to break stuff. That's the bottom line. They just want to destroy stuff. And then every now and then they're going to do a, a chant. You know, they're going to do a chant, they're going to do a chair, they're going to go get their free water, they're going to get the free milk poured in their eyes from their free um, ambulance. That's just the scene down there. So throughout the late summer, the late um, spring and summer, hundreds of people gathered in the squares, thousands gathered in the squares and surrounding streets on a near nightly basis to protest police violence and systemic racism. They did that. Um, and you know what? It came off as kind of like, what are you doing? That You're not really getting any point across here other than that you are angry and you can destroy stuff. We get that. We understand that. The demonst- To the point where their own mayor, Mayor Ted, is like, oh, we need some help here. You know, at one point in time, uh, President, then President Trump was like, hey, you want us to send in the feds? More than happy to. I wish he would have. I wish he would have just send in the cavalry. Let them have their way with downtown Portland. That would have been entertaining. I would have been there for that one. I would have live streamed that one for sure. But getting back to my comments earlier, I forgot to tell you. So I didn't live stream for very long. But what I did do is I created that video. And that's what's on the channel. Gives you kind of a uh, a better look. Because when you're live streaming, People know you're live streaming and they've gotten at these protests, they've gotten very clear about the fact they do not want people live streaming anymore because guess what? It gives a digital record of how unpeaceful the peaceful protests actually were, just how violent and aggressive they were. You, you, when you're watching video after video of, oh, that, this, that, that's not so peaceful. Geez, he said, what to that cop? That's not peaceful either. When you have that narrative out there, ah, oh, mainstream media, that's that's not the that's not the storyline we're going with. We're going with something else. We need to demonetize this guy's video. Yeah, this this is reporting that we don't agree with. The demonstrators often directed their collective ire, that's a nice way of saying violence, towards the Marco Hatfield Federal Courthouse and Multnomah County Justice Center, that's the jailhouse, uh, directly across the street, and the law enforcement officers who attempted to protect the buildings from fires, graffiti, and projectiles. Over the last few months, a handful of people experiencing homelessness have pitched tents and built large fires to keep warm inside Chapman and Lounsdale Squares despite city rules that prohibit camping in parks. But they're just going to do that anyway, because that's that, that's the look that Portland and Seattle are going for. Just intermittent homelessness everywhere, okay with it. You know, we're not really worried about the city image at all. That whole dodge the human fecal matter on the sidewalk, that's a game we like to play. Um, many of you suggested additional games to play. Keep them coming. I will read them. Mark Ross, a Parks Bureau spokesman, declined to comment on the campers, referring questions to the city's homelessness impact reduction program, which is overseen by Mayor Ted Wheeler. You know, we're going to have to direct you to Mayor Ted because we can't really comment on that because we don't really have any explanation. Can't you see it's out of control and we're not doing anything about it? I don't really want to have to make a comment on that because it's not going to make me look very good.
That's the bottom line, right? The number of people camping in those two parks did not reach our objective criteria to launch a cleanup, said Jim Middow, spokesperson for the mayor. We do our best to lead with compassion when it comes to homeless people sleeping outside. Okay, how about the people wanting to use the parks? How about compassion for them? On Monday, at least 15 tents lined the sidewalks and public rights of way outside the fence perimeters of the two squares, which lie kitty corner to City Hall. And I noticed a number of tents. They were scattered throughout downtown Portland, but in a couple areas, they were pretty heavy. Down by the river, it seemed like there was more in a van down by the river, Chris Farley. Park officials said workers will tackle more than a dozen separate projects during the restoration, including planting new grass and hundreds of shrubs, removing hazardous waste, repairing damage from fires, and reinstalling dozens of park benches that have been destroyed by the peaceful protesters. So 150 grand worth of damage to what was peaceful protesting. I am shocked. Aren't you shocked? No, we're not shocked at all, because we know the end goal of these these folks is to just destroy everything in their path, because they have nothing now, and they'll have nothing in the future. And that's how they want everybody else to, to, to be, is to have nothing. Destroyed stuff, just wrecked, destroyed stuff. That's what they're okay with. I would say to the city of Portland, don't do a thing until we get through this uh, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial and any of the other collateral damage that's going to happen because of whatever other shootings we've got going on. Don't do anything. Just let it be. But then the the flip side to that is Portland and its small businesses, which I back heavily. I'm just you know pro-business guy. Those same businesses that have been rocked by the nightly protests. Ah, let's just go over and take a hammer to that that business's window storefront. Eh, it's only a $20,000 window. They won't mind if we put this piece of American steel through the window. They won't care at all because nothing says social justice more than a hammer going into glass that's been carefully placed there by a business because that's what businesses do. They have windows for their stores. So, I I struggle with the whole renovation thing because you know it's just going to get torn down. Any work they do is just going to be like any other homelessness type project, which is it just gets wrecked right again. Just people have no respect for it. So if they don't have respect for it, I'd say just let it sit and rot. But then the the whole flip side of that is you can't get the businesses can't get people into downtown Portland with downtown Portland looking the way that it does. If you guys follow the Seattle Real Estate Podcast consistently, I've talked a number of times about my buddy who I go to a lot of concerts with, and um, he was through down. He went on a a coastal vacation with his uh, wife and kids down uh, further down the coast than Portland. They had to go through Portland to get there. And he sent me a text and said, Portland looks terrible. And it does. It looks awful. It looks like a third world country exploded on it. Um, you, you know, just not a good look. Just And people want to say, well, Sean, you don't have any compassion for the homeless people. I do. I don't think they should be living on the sidewalks. I don't think that's where people should live. 
They should have better housing than that. But our community leaders, our government leaders, our mayors are like, ah, oh, we love our fellow human being. We just let them shoot up on the sidewalk and eventually kill themselves. That's how much we love them. So that's literally the narrative that is going. That's what is happening. We're letting people do what they want, live in tents, do their lifestyles. And I just got back from, um, you know, I think it was last Tuesday night, I think it was. I did a walk through Miller Park and Miller Park is where all of the chop homelessness, basically, they moved their tents to Miller Park, like a half mile down the road, you know, far enough where you could, you know, carry and walk all your stuff, a couple of trips and, you know, maybe a long afternoon kind of thing. Um, but that's next to an elementary school or a middle school, some kind of school with little kids that you don't want to have next, have next to um, a homeless encampment. So, you know, you got to do something for these people. They don't belong in tents in our public streets. I'm not trying to whisk them away. But how many of these people, you know, have drug addiction issues? 95%? Just throwing out a number there. Nine and a half out of 10? Somewhere in there? Something like that? So I'm I'm giving the benefit of the doubt for there's a few homeless people that are just down on their luck looking for a place to live. But guess what? The folks that I saw at Miller Park in Seattle last Tuesday, those aren't old people down on their luck. Those are young people choosing to live a lifestyle. Big difference. Because when people say homeless, you think of families being kicked out of their home, maybe mom or dad lost their job, whatever, whatever. You're not seeing a lot of that in Seattle. You are seeing young people gaming the system. Because I, that's what I see. That's what I see when I'm out there. These are people on drugs, taking advantage of city services, and just living a lifestyle. Living a lifestyle. That's what they're doing. All right. The crews will also renovate the restrooms in each square. The restrooms I talked about, they were utterly destroyed. I mean, wrecked beyond wrecked. You can you can see video of that that I took last summer and last July in Portland. If you don't think that's a wrecked restroom, oof. Don't want to see your house. Don't want to do an appraisal on your house, um, which have extensive damage and remove graffiti, including spray painted slogans that remain on some of the park's Douglas fir, elm, and ginkgo trees. So these knuckleheads in Portland, they literally spray painted the trees. Man, that's, I mean, that is so disrespectful. Where are these people's parents? I want to talk to them. Hey, Look at this knucklehead you raised. This guy is spraying park trees. He, he sprayed a Douglas fir elm with whatever little grab ass slogan he had for the day that had nothing to do with anything other than he's throwing that out there because all of his buddies throw that out there and they think they're going to get somewhere with it. Like ACAB, all cops are bastards you know, just like, what are you guys doing? Don't spray the paint out on a tree. That's ridiculous. The project will not include the return of an iconic 120-year-old elk statue that stood between the two squares on Southwest Main Street, but was removed last summer after protesters set a fire that damaged its base. I've got a video of that. It was sad. It's like, this is a really old elk Elk is one of those big, big animals that a lot of people hunt in Oregon and Washington. They're a majestic animal. And that, that's elk statue is kind of, you know, part of 
Oregon's heritage. And these goofballs down in Portland, they decided, well, let's just, you know, let's set it on fire. Set it on fire, write ridiculous things on trees. Just where are your parents? I want to talk to them. I want to sit down and say, where did you go wrong? It's not always the parents' fault, but you got to take a quick look. And sometimes you'd be like, oh, okay, all righty then. I no longer need to talk to you. I see where Junior went sideways. And it starts with you. You are a train wreck as a human being also. So is your kid. Let's be honest. Ross said the restoration work will cost at least 150 grand. I bet you it goes a quarter million, right? Not including the bathroom fixes. That's going to be expensive. You got to rip out all that tile. It's just horrible. That figure is nearly twice what the city spent to repair Chapman and Lonsdale squares after hundreds of people pitched tents and lived in them during the Occupy Portland movement in 2011. Things weren't quite so violent back then, were they? We didn't just have this sheer streak of raw violence where we just destroy anything in our paths. That is what the, um, you know, the social justice warriors, that's what they're working on. They're just working on sheer violence to destroy whatever's in their path. And that really gets out their message of peace, solidarity. I don't know. What, what, what are they even championing for at this point in time? It's unclear. You can't really tell. The Parks Bureau will receive some of that funding through the Portland Metro Association of Realtors, which donated 4500 bucks for plants, mulch, and soil. Well, I'm sorry to say Portland Metro Association of Realtors, that was not money well spent. It's a good gesture, but that stuff is just going to get ripped out this summer, unfortunately. That's what's going to happen to your $4,500 investment. Um, you would have been better off spending that for additional security to keep the building safe. That's my opinion. I'm just a podcaster, though. What would I know? But I have been here. I have been to these situations. And they just need a bunch of cops to line up and somebody does something out of line, arrest them and walk them over to the jail like 50 feet and leave them there for six months. That's my solution. Greg of the Portland Parks Foundation said the rehabilitation project couldn't come at a more crucial time for the city. The city has been rocked and it does not look good. It is trying to turn around. A lot of people, a lot of citizens doing their best to support Portland. It needs help. Shootings are off the hook. Gun violence and murders are on a record trend setting pace. Not a good trend to be setting record setting, not, I mean, this is, this is not what you want to say about, um, you know, a, a city here on the West Coast. This is the first step to restoring some semblance of beauty and stability for downtown. He said, I hope it is. I don't think it will be. I think this is a complete waste of time and money, but Portland has to start taking some steps towards getting back to normal, whatever that is. I think you need to just seriously arrest these knuckleheads, um, the minute they get out of line and do something violent and put them away for a long time. But then that again, that's me being reasonable. And nothing that's happened in Portland this past year or last summer specifically was reasonable. You you guys in Portland, you coddled the violent rioters. And look what you get, you get destroyed parks. And the knowledge that down the road, they'll probably just take all the hard work and money and taxpayers money that you've just spent, and they're going to destroy it again, guaranteed by this summer. 
But I guess you got to start somewhere and go, all right, I guess we'll do this two, three, four, five times until we get it right. Those peaceful protesters, <laughs> they just pull shenanigans. And then we got to come in and we got to fix their shenanigans to the tune of 150 grand or more of taxpayers money. Does that seem like a reasonable plan to you? Oh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say no, it's not Portland, don't do it. Let your city sit there and let people take a look at it and go, Oh, that's not a good look. What happened? And then we'll talk about it. Because we know what happened. Everybody else knows what happened. Yeah, Portland's trying to get away from that look, right? They need to their businesses are like, we're, we're all going to go downhill. We're all going to go under if leadership doesn't do something. And they won't. Portland doesn't have leadership that's strong enough to stand up to, to these social warrior bullies that create all this violence. They don't have anybody that's tough enough and strong enough. Um, and the police department is totally, they're just like the police department here in Seattle. They've been defunded. They're demoralized. They have zero support. They could give two zero you-know-whats at this point in time. They're like, okay, yeah, we've been defunded. They love their city, and yet they don't love their city's lack of support for them or their leadership's lack of support for them. Leadership in Portland and Seattle have made it extremely clear that we don't care about cops. That's why they're quitting in droves in both Portland and Seattle. Portland's over 100. Seattle's what, close to a couple hundred? And Portland, I read yesterday, kind of the stats of how many police officers you would normally have for a city based on its population. Portland's been woefully, you know, inadequate for a long time. And it's just getting worse. So you wonder why when if you call 911 in Portland, somebody may or may not get to you don't really know. And even if they do check out whatever assault happened, they're not going to be able to solve it. All those guys have been taken from one department and put to another department because they're spread thin. You defunded the police. It's what you get. It's what happens. It's what happens when you reimagine and rethink and take action before coming up with a real game plan of what you're going to do when you're short those critical police officers. Again, I'm a real estate guy. What do I know about this? I don't know. I'm just a reasonable person that goes, this doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm going to talk about it. And it's pretty easy to talk about, I feel like. I don't have a lot of people saying, Sean, you're really wrong on that one. Boy, you were way out of line there. Because most of what I say is that I'm not coming at it from the perspective of I'm an expert. I'm coming at it from a perspective of a small business owner, a guy that's been in real estate, a guy that's been out to a million homes. I don't know how many homes I've walked through. So many that I no longer want to go through homes at all. I just, hey, Sean, I want to show you my new newly remodeled house. No, don't want to do it. Don't care. Cool house, awesome. Show it to somebody else. Don't care. Because I've seen everything and there's nothing left that's going to impress me. You want to show me a $20 million mansion, I'm going to come back at you and say, well, you overspent here, here and here. This is a case of super adequate functional obsolescence because you overbuilt for the neighborhood. How cool is that? Now, would I do that to somebody? No, I wouldn't because everybody's super proud of their homes and they just, you know, they want to share that ex exuberance of, hey, they got the remodel project done. But I come from the standpoint of I've been through a lot of homes. I know what works. I know what doesn't. And having your city parks ripped apart in downtown, 
that doesn't work. So I call that out and go, all right, whatever steps led to this happening in the first place, unless that's capped, this is just going to keep on going. You might as well wait on your rehab of your parks because you're going to need round two before you know it. You're going to need round two before summer even really is done. That's my prediction. All right, that's it for me on this episode of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm going to catch up with you guys in the next one. All right, I'll see you then. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.